G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. Our Middle East reporter Ron Ross is joining us on the phone once again. Welcome back, Ron. Thank you, Trace. Today you thought we'd start with something very significant in the Jewish calendar. Yes, it's the uh, commemoration of the tragic events uh, under the name Tisha B'Av. Uh, and it was last weekend, and during Moses' lifetime on this day, following the report of the spies, it was declared that the Jewish people would be forced to wander in the desert uh, for four, 40 years rather than enter the Holy Land. And on this day, the Jewish people cried and regretted their sin of believing the slanderous report of the spies, but in their opinion, it was too late. On Tisha B'Av in 423 BCE, the Babylonians destroyed King Solomon's holy temple in Jerusalem. The fire that burned the temple lasted for 24 hours. And, of course, that's the main thing that they recall uh, in their uh, reflections on Tisha B'Av. But 940,000 people were slaughtered by the Babylonians. Millions more were massacred throughout the country. Many thousands that had escaped the sword of the Babylonians were taken prisoner and led into captivity in Babylon. Uh, With what shall I bear witness for you, the prophet Jeremiah wrote in the book of Lamentations. To what can I compare you, O daughter of Jerusalem? To what can I liken you, that I may comfort you, O maiden daughter of Zion? Your ruin is as vast as the sea. Who could heal you? That's in the book of Lamentations. The Israel Museum has archaeological proofs for the destruction of the first temple and the Babylonian conquest of ancient Israel. Inside the museum, uh, Babylonian arrowheads are shown beside human skeletons that were uncovered in the Holy Land. Five centuries later, in 70 AD, the Jewish people were starving to death while under siege by the Romans. According to Josephus, the roofs were filled with women and small children expiring from hunger, and the corpses of old men were piled in the streets. Josephus recalled that 5,000 Jews that were searching for food were crucified by the Romans. A bit later in history, the Jewish people revolted against the Romans in the Bar Kokhba revolt. On Tisha B'Av, 135 CE, the Jewish rebels were massacred by the Romans in the final battle at Betar. Moreover, 580,000 Judean men were slain in the raids and battles involved in that, and the number of those that perished by famine, disease and fire has never been able to be calculated. And so it goes on and on. on, uh, uh, We came to the time when the uh, Romans expelled the Jews. Uh, Jerusalem was renamed Aelia Capitolina, and Junia was renamed Syria Palestina, and the diaspora of the Jews began. On Tisha B'Av in 1290, the Jews were expelled from England. 
Additionally, following the Spanish Edict of Expulsion in 1492, the last day that Jews were permitted to remain in Spain was on Tisha B'Av. World War I also began on Tisha B'Av in 1914, and that was a catastrophic war, of course. Additionally, the deportation of Jews from the Warsaw Ghetto to the Treblinka death camp began on Tisha B'Av in 1942. And so it goes on and on and on, and it's just a, a terrible day. Psalm 22 says, Had I not fallen, I could not have arisen. Had I not sat in the darkness, God would not have been a light to me. Uh, and so the, uh, on Tisha B'Av, the Jewish people cry out for God's encouragement and his hope. And, of course, back at the present day, there's been a scroll that's been recently uncovered and handed to Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. Yeah, and this is the main reason I wanted to talk about Tisha B'Av, because last Sunday, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu met with representatives of the Israel Antiquities Authority, and they showed him a 2,000-year-old scroll of the Book of Lamentations, which have recently been found in the Qumran Caves. Netanyahu said this is an important and exciting finding. There's a lot of significance to the fact that on Tisha B'Av, this scroll is being brought to the Prime Minister's office in Jerusalem, our united capital. The scroll was first put on display to the public just a few days ago at the Bible Land Museum. And what I love about it, as I read through Lamentations yesterday, it's a lot of lamenting. But you come to Lamentations 3, verses 22 to 24, and it says, The Lord's loving kindnesses indeed never cease, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I have hope in him. Amen. Yeah, starting, starting the segment off with a little bit of history, but certainly very important words today too, Ron. I'm very encouraged by the whole incident. And, of course, I've been involved in the celebration of Tisha B'Av when I lived in Jerusalem. And uh, just to read those words from Lamentations and have this scroll discovered in Qumran, which is a place I have often explored, is very exciting. Okay, turning to the present day now, and Jews in Jerusalem uh, last week, and Christians alike, I suppose, celebrated a relaunch of the Christian Allies Caucus. What's that all about? Well, I was there when uh, the Christian Allies Caucus started 11 years ago, and every year we got together in this same format, Uh, to celebrate together. It's driven by the belief that Israel is the birthplace of both Judaism and Christianity. Uh, This week, uh, 25 members of parliament, including three ministers, the Knesset speaker Yuli Edelstein and former foreign minister Avigdor Lieberman and Michael Oren, former ambassador to the U.S., attended the event. Josh Reinstein, uh, who who and I used to get together for coffee to talk about the Dallas Cowboys, he's a total addict to the American football, but uh, at the weekend he said faith-based diplomacy might have been a luxury for Israel in the past. These days, however, it is absolutely necessary. Uh, According to Josh, the caucus functions as an international network ready to defend Israel within various spheres and countries. 
he said if we ever needed defense, it's now. He said Israel is now dependent on Christian support. Uh, Becky Brimmer, the uh, chief executive officer of uh, Bridges for Peace, also spoke, and she's a foundation member of the Christian Allies Caucus. And she made a commitment by saying, we will stand with the God of Israel and we will stand with the Israel of God. And she said, we stand with the right of the Jewish people to live in peace and security in the land of Israel. We pray for Israel and the leaders because uh, we read in Psalms, pray for the peace of Jerusalem, they shall prosper, those who love you. And so I miss not being there, but it was a very uh, wonderful time together uh, with the Jewish leaders. And in the meantime, of course, this whole idea of this Iran nuclear deal is still before the Congress, and John Kerry has not been backward in coming forward when it comes to how he feels about Israel and what they believe about that deal. Yes, at a meeting to Congress uh, a couple of days ago, he indicated that if Congress rejected the uh, deal with Iran, it virtually would be Israel's fault. And he said that uh, Israel would be further isolated internationally if that all came to pass. Well, uh, Yuval Steinitz, who's a member of Netanyahu's Likud party, uh, he's the energy and water minister, uh, he came out and slammed John Kerry on Sunday. He said the State of Israel will speak about its views on the Iranian nuclear issue as related to its security and existence. No one has the authority to threaten us. The Jewish state's point person on Iran, and uh, he was very adamant that uh, they were going to make their own decisions and uh, they would not be made in Washington. He said criticism of the agreement in the United States in general, and Congress in particular, is due to the serious flaws and loopholes found in it, transforming the so-called tight and intrusive agreement into a farce. Uh, And... uh, Steinitz went on to say, we reject the threats directed at Israel in recent days. The U.S. Congress will make its decision based on American interests, which include consideration of all U.S. allies. The regrettable attempt to intimidate Israel will not prevent us from voicing our concerns about this deal, which poses direct threats to Israel's security. So I guess he's been told, but what's happening in uh, Israel right now Uh, There is an undermining of Netanyahu's leadership, blaming him for the Iran deal going through. And the opposition uh, parties are trying to force the Netanyahu government to collapse uh, by March next year uh, because it was all Benjamin Netanyahu's fault. But I guess that's politics. Yes, and I suppose not surprising in some senses because it was a very close vote, wasn't it, and took some time to go through. It did, and... uh, Uh, there's a real consternation in Israel about it going through at all. And, of course, everyone looks for a scapegoat in those uh, conditions. That's Ron Ross, our Middle East reporter. Ron, always good to talk to you. We'll chat again next week. Thanks, Tracy. Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts. Or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.